Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. Today is a special day. It's the anniversary of the Rebbe's uh, uh, wedding, wedding anniversary. The Rebbe's Mechayim Mushka. So, um, it's a good day. And here we start, we left off. Page Tainus, first chapter, page six eight. Fourth line from the top. Rabbis learned what's the meaning of the word Yaira Malkish that we learned yesterday. Yaira, the first rain that we say in the in the Vihayam Shamaya. Hashem says, I'll give rain, Yaira and Malkish. Yaira is the early rain that comes in Khajran. Why is it called Yaira? It comes from the word Heira, like a, it's a teaching, it's a guide, it's telling us. Instruction, it's telling us that the winter has come. It was time, it's time for the, you know, the fall and the winter is coming. And therefore, there's a practical implication. It's not just teaching us information. Make sure to, to, to smear your roofs, to cover it. To make sure that it's a wo- uh, it's waterproof, that the rain shouldn't leak, shouldn't leak into the house. Any fruits that you have outside, outdoors, it's drying or whatever. Now it's time to bring it in. The last is Make sure to take care of all your needs before. The same word of the word taira. Taira also comes from the word haira. It's a guide. Everything you learn in taira is here to teach you something, how to live, something practical. There's always a practical implication. Even the most far-fetched, abstract thing that you're learning in Torah, you have to apply it to real life. It's Haira in life. So the, neighbor, the name, the early rain is called Yaira, it's Haira. It's teaching me an instruction, get ready. Do what you have to do. Dabracher, another explanation. Why is it called Yaira? Shumarva esa'arat. It satiates the thirst. The earth is parched. The earth hasn't had a drop of rain already from last, from last spring, from Nisan. So the earth is parched, and now, imagine you've been thirsty, you haven't, you haven't had water in, in a day or two. You, that Medavis Semena, you satiate its thirst. Mashke at And it fills the world with the earth, with water until the foundation of the world. So remember, it says. That with this, with the rain, you fill, you you satiate this. The um, the mounds that you made as a result of the plowing. when you plow, you create uh, like hills, little hills on the sides. So Tlamer Rave, you satiated the thirst of the hills. Nachas you give Nachas to the people. Bevivim, with the rain, to make again a Tzimcha Tzimcha. So the Tzimcha Tavarich, the growth is blessed, now it's able to grow. So that's what it means. That's why it's called Yaira. Rave Nachas, that you, you satiate its thirst. 
Davrachar, another explanation. Why is it called Yeder? She Yeder benachas and Yeder bezav. The early rains come gentle. It's gentle rains. Like a teacher who teaches, first you have to, you have to teach gently. The ways of the wise, the words of the wise are gentle. Wise people don't beat you over the head. <laughs> it's gentle. <laughs> Subtle, it's gentle. Calm. Calm. Because again, you don't, you know, someone who beats himself over the head beats others over the head. If, if the, the way that you approach everything is gentle, your persuasion is a lot more powerful. You know, get the other person to do it on his own. That it should be his idea, not that you have to beat him over the head and you have to force him to submission. You beat yourself over the head, so you beat other people over the head. But, but that's not the way of the wise. The way of the wise is, how do you really change yourself? How do you change anything or anyone? It's not through beating over the head, beating you into submission. It's through gentleness, persuasion, subtleness. That goes much deeper. The mother, the mother, the mission that the Tanas, in the Yehuda, Ella, maybe you're saying Yehuda. All these explanations is Yehuda is a blessing. Maybe Yehuda is a curse. It's called Yehuda Shemeshim Sapedus because it 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 removes the fruits from from the trees. It causes the fruits to fall off the tree, right? And the when it starts raining, the fruits that start falling off the tree. And it, it, it floods the, the seeds and it destroys the seeds. And it floods the, the, the trees and, the, and damages the trees. How, how is that expressed in the word Yaira? Yaira means it throws off. Talmud Leimer it says, Malkish. Yehuda Malkish, since the Torah says Yehuda Malkish, so it's juxtaposing it to him. Malkish lebracha, just like Malkish is a blessing, because when Malkish comes at the end of the season, there are no fruits on the trees; the trees are barren. So surely the rain is a blessing. So to Yehuda is also a blessing. Af Yehuda lebracha. So you might wait, continues and ask, wait. Oh, perhaps the Einim Malkish. Maybe Malkish is also. A rain that's a curse. And why is it called Malkish? It destroys the homes. It breaks the trees. And it brings the locusts. So Malkish is, is like an acronym for Mal. It cuts. Mal. And Koish. It's hard. It's hard, it's difficult for for the grain. <laughs> it's a disaster. So maybe Malkish is a curse and Yehuda is also a curse. Mm-hmm. So it says, Yehuda. So then we juxtapose Malkish to Yehuda. Just like Yehuda is a bracha, Malkish is a bracha. But the question is, we just asked, we said maybe Yehuda is also a curse. Maybe they're both curses. It's a perfect twin. They're both, they're both, they're both curses. Perfect match. Is that worse than global warming? Yeah, we're not going Asking from the context of the Pasuk, it's a blessing. If you listen to Hashem, Hashem says, I'm going to give you Yehudah Malkus. Fine. But, you know, you have a concept of something that's bad, but at least there's something good. The Mishnah, in the last chapter in Brachas, discusses what if you have something that's bad, but it's going to lead to something good. Which blessing do you make in it? You make a blessing for the good, or right now it's bad. It's going to lead to something, something good. 
So maybe rain itself is rough. Rains are rough. It rains, it destroys, it floods. But it will lead to something good. At the end of the day, the earth is satiated with rain and therefore it's going to blossom. But the rain itself is, is a negative. So that's why it says in Pasuk. That's why he says... It says in, in Yoel, and the sons of Zion, and the sons of Zion will rejoice with Hashem your God, because He gave you a Murda He gave you a Hashem made a Tzedakah. Hashem does Tzedakah with us. He doesn't owe us a thing. Everything He does for us is a gratuitous kindness. So it's an act of kindness that He gave us Murda, the early rains. And Hashem will give us in the first month of Nisan, after the seven-year drought and hunger, terrible hunger, the people were eating themselves already. They were already cannibaling themselves. And yet, then Hashem is going to bring a rain, both rains in the month of Nisan. So He says it's a bracha. Clearly He says it's an act of tzedakah, it's an act of kindness. The rain itself is an act of, of kindness. So it's a bracha. Others say, to answer, to answer Rabbi Ye's question, that it says that the, on one hand it says that you will have to gather your own grain from the field. On the other hand it says that you won't have to. The, 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 the Goyim will do it for you. So it says if, we learn the Brachas, when the Jewish people do the will of Hashem, then you won't have to, you won't have to lift a pinky. All your work will be done for you. When you don't do the work of Hashem, then you, you are going to have to gather the grain. The Teisvah says, what do you mean? Bayim Shemaya says clearly, if you will listen to Hashem's mitzvahs, then I'm going to bless you. What do you mean you're not doing the will of Hashem? So he says, you're doing the mitzvahs, but you're not, you're not a complete tzaddik. Versus the first parsha, it doesn't even mention you gathering, because everything is done, you don't have to lift the pinky, everything is done for you, because you're a complete tzaddik. So, so even though it says you're doing the mitzvahs, we're talking about a case that you're not a complete tzaddik. That's why the rain is incomplete. It's not exactly 100% a blessing. The rain also also is a curse. That could be. That's what the Gemara says. No, the rain itself is a blessing. Okay. Tan and the rabbis learn. Early rain is in the month of Chesh. Malkish has been this and the last rain, the late rain is in this and Malkish been this or perhaps perhaps it's not so maybe Yoida's early rain it comes in the month of Tishrei Malkish comes Be'ir he says Talmud Leimah Be'ita it says Be'ita at the right time if it rains in the year it's not the right time you're going to ruin and destroy all the crop and if it rains in Tishrei it's too early Cheshven is the time, that's the fall, that's the perfect time when, when, yeah, you already gathered everything into the house, everything is dry, you gather the house after sukkahs, and then, then you plow the field, and then it's time for rain. Malkish, why is it called Malkish? It breaks. The hardness, uh, you know, the, the, the stiff-neckedness or the hardness of the Jewish people. Because when there's no rain, 
yeah, yeah, cut. Circumcises cut. Because when the when the when there's no rain, the Jewish people do tshuva and they fast and they give tzedakah. That's why mal it cuts. It cuts the hardness. Rain when you're dependent on rain, it cuts your hardness. That was the that was the why Mitzrayim was cursed. Mitzrayim it never rains. Israel is blessed. It rains. So the spies complain, the, the Jewish people in the times of the spies complain, you see, God hates us, he took us out of Egypt, the place where you, never, you don't need any rain, it's all, you always, the Nile is always dependable, and he took us to a place that's so moody and dependable in the rain, really it's the ultimate blessing, because when you don't need Hashem, it's a curse, when you constantly need Hashem, and if it doesn't rain, and why isn't it raining? Because you're not acting appropriately, our moral behavior, our physical success and financial success is directly connected to our moral behavior. So it breaks your heart, you know, it's time to break your heart. Your bank account is your biggest cheshben <laughs> nefesh. The bank account is empty, it breaks your heart. You say, oh, I know, why? It's not because my fundraising skills are not so good. Because I'm not davening enough, I'm not learning enough, I don't have enough hours Israel. So it breaks your heart, so Malkush, so it opens up your heart to Hashem, then the rain will come and the, and the blessing will come. Rabbi Shmoltan, the students of Yeshiva, Rabbi Shmol learn why is it called Malkush? It fills the stalks with the, with the grain. In other words, it, it makes it full. It already started growing, but it fills it up for it to be full. Malekash. Masnisatana, in the Braisa we learned, This is the rain that falls already on the ears and on the stalks. To, to complete and to perfect and to complete the tuvua, the, the rain. Because by then already you have already it's full grown. It's like the early rain, there's nothing there. The early rain causes the stalks and the ears to grow. But this already falls on top of a fully formed and makes it reach its full, its full, fully ripe, full potential. Tanrabana, the rabbis learn. So the Tana asks. Maybe it's later. Maybe it's the rain that comes in Kisli. It says, the right time. Which is the month of Nisan. Because it falls then on the, on the, it falls then on the full stalks. And the ears, also, at the right time in the month of Cheshvan. So Be'ite means at the right time, not after the time. At the right time. So Yeda also means at the right time. Because that's the time that you plant the seeds. So Kislev is also the right time, but it's late. Cheshvan means it's not late. Just like Malkish means it's not late, it's the right time. When it's beneficial, the right time, 
the, so too over here, be, uh, the early rain is also at the right time, not late, at the right time. The first opportunity, Cheshwan is the first opportunity when you plant the seed. Perfect, now it starts raining. The rabbis indeed say is the rain that falls in Kislev. Who is this opinion that holds that Yoyda is in Kislev, not in Cheshvan? And what's their reason? This is the opinion of Rabbi Yesi. Yehuda is divided into three times. Mm-hmm. It's called the Revia. So there's three Revias. A is the Revia Rishayna, the first Revia, the first rain of the season, Abakira, Rishleisha, Machesh, and the third day of Chesh. Benin is the second one, the middle one, the Beshiva, Zion Chesh. Afela, the last one, Beshiva Asabe, the 17th day of Chesh. do they mean like on that specific date? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. used to say, It says in the Mishnah, we're going to learn that if it doesn't rain, the whole Masechta Tainus is a fast. The fast, or if it was a tra- if something terrible happened, is happening. If there's a drought, and that's why they they would make fast. So he says, if if it didn't rain, the rabbis say we're going to learn soon in the Mishnah, later in the Mishnah, that if it if it doesn't rain, there's a drought. So first, the individuals would fast, Hasidim, the Torah scholars. And then, if the if the drought persists, then the entire community would start fasting. When do the individuals start fasting? Until the last yeda, the last date. If the shchedus kislev went, came, came and went, and there's no rain, if shchedus kislev came and there was no rain, so first, first you have. The 17th, and then the 23rd, and the Kislev with no rain, then, then you start fasting. The law follows Rabbi Yesi. So it's a practical difference. When he's asking what's the definition of Yerida, when is the time, there's a practical difference. When do you have to start fasting? There's no rain. According to the according to Rabbi Meir, if there's no rain by the 17th of Hezron, you have to start fasting already. The individuals start fasting. According to Rabbi Yehuda, there's no rain by the 23rd. According to Rabbi Yaisi, it's Rosh Chodesh Kislev. The Gemara says, That's what Rabbi Chizda said, the laws like Rabbi Yaisi, he learned it in the following way. 
On the third of Cheshvan, you start asking for rain. On the seventh of Cheshvan, because we're waiting until the last Jew gets home from coming to the temple. This argument on Rav Chiz, on the seventh, you start asking for rain on the seventh of Cheshvan. So he wasn't discussing, he wasn't talking about the other argument. When, when is the yoyre, when is the, uh, when the rain comes, but he's talking about when do you start asking for rain. According to who, there's a Hadutanya, there's a follow, there's a Bryce that we learn. It rained for seven days non-stop. So you count. You count it as two two parts of the early rain. Hmm. Because there's only seven days between between each revere. Right, so most of this thing that we're talking about, I think, are when we write down. When you don't, when you don't specify. Is that not true? This only follows according to Rabbi Yaisi. According to Rabbi Yaisi, the seventh days, the seventeenth. The next day is the twenty-third. The next day is Rishchidus Kislev. According to Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, you have more. You have, you have like ten days between the seventh uh, and the and the seventeenth. It's ten days according to Rabbi Yehuda. Between the seventh and the seventeenth is, is ten days. Mm-hmm. So when the Braisa says that you only have that if it, if it rains seven days non-stop, so you already have the first yoda and the second yoda, the second yoda and the third yoda. Kiman Rabbi could only follow the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi the law follows Rabbi Yaisi the times of the Levites. Rashi says you have to say, you have to edit it. Rabbi Chisda says the law follows like Rabbi Yehuda, who says that the first rain is Zayin Echezrin. Because since Rabbi Chisda says the law follows Rabbi Gamaliel, the law follows Rabbi Gamaliel, he started asking for rain. Why are you asking for rain if it's, if it's not even the time to rain? Only according to Rabbi Yehuda is Zayin Echezrin the time for the first rain. According to Rabbi Meir, it starts already the third of Echezrin. So he should have asked to rain on the third of Echezrin. According to Rabbi Yaitzi, the first rain doesn't begin till 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 till, till the seventeenth. So why are you asking already on the seventh? So if I can't, he says the law is like 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 Rabbi Yehuda, not like Rabbi Yaitzi. So if you say the law is like Rabbi Gamliel, the version that said a member who learned that Rabbi Chizda said the law is like is like Rabbi Gamliel, then he cannot say the law is like Rabbi Yaitzi. Then you must say the law is like Rabbi Yehuda. That's how Rashi brings a, a verse. You might ask, it's all good and well. We have to know when is the first rain, the early rain, to know when it's time to start asking for it. We also have to know when they have to start fasting. If the third, the third part comes and goes and there's no rain, you have to start fasting. But what difference does it make to know the middle one? What practical difference is it? 
It's not the date that you start asking for rain, and you don't start fasting if there's no rain. I'm an Abzayed says we have to know that middle time. Uh, when it comes to an oath, we learn the Mishnah. We continue on side B, six B. Within Yod itself, we have three parts. The Vias. We learn the Mishnah. If a person makes an oath, I'm not going to eat this until till the rain comes. So, when is the rain? When does it become permitted to eat? When is the when does it expire? When does the oath expire? The Mishnah says, Till the middle one. The middle one, not the first rain, not the last rain of the early rains. The middle of the early rains. That's why you have to know when is the early, when is the middle. There's a difference, a practical, another practical difference is when it comes to the olives. The olives of, that you have to give away to the poor. Now we learned the Mishnah. We learned. We learned in Peah. When is everyone allowed to take for themselves Lekshikapeya? In other words, the poor people already gave up on it. They stopped coming for it, so it's free for all. When the last ones, the late birds, the JFKs show up, and you know, then, then you can. Uh, then, then you can how about with Peret and Eulis, the grapes, the, the, the grapes that drop, Eulis and, the, and the, the grape vines that have very few grapes in it, the twine. When the poor people go and collect it, and then, and then, they, and then they leave. And, and then they come a second time. After the second time around, then at the point after that, everyone is allowed to take it because then the poor people already gave up and no one's going to come to get it so you can take it to yourself. Zaysim, olives. When, from what point on could you take it for yourself? Once the second of the early rains, then all the poor people already collected their olives. No one is coming back for it and therefore then you can take it for yourself. So that's why it's important to know when is the Revishniya. So we have two reasons why we have to know. When it comes to an oath, and when it comes, if a person makes an oath, I'm gonna, that my oath expires, my pro- prohibition, that that I'm prohibiting on myself expires with the first rain, he's referring to the middle of the early rains. So I have to know what that date is. And the other thing is, when it comes to the olives, the middle of the third rains, then, of the, uh, then the, the poor people already stop coming to the field, then you can take the olives to yourself. Like your mother asked, my nemushes, what's nemushes? Nemushes mean the elderly people who walk, on a, walk with a stick. So they go, they go slow and they look very carefully to look, to look if, there's, if, there's, you know, if there's anything to take. But once they're gone, no one's, no one's coming back anymore because they didn't miss anything. Those who were the young people who walk quickly, uh, they miss a lot. You know, you're hopping a slow person goes slow he picks up every single thing that fell to the ground and he doesn't mi- mi- he doesn't miss anything so that once, once then the bushes arrive people give up we're not going to find anything already every last bit has already been collected so from that point on you're allowed to take it to yourself it's onot Ishlakish Ahmed Ishlakish says Lekuti Basel Lekuti they collect after the collectors in other words 
when a poor person goes and collecting, he has his son go collecting after him. Whatever he left behind, he has someone to clean up after him. So at that point on, the poor people stop coming because it's, it's, it's too late. Everything has been taken. Away. It's, it's a waste of time. Papa Amar, Papa says, Papa gives a different answer, a third answer. Why do we have to know when the Revia is, when the middle Revia is, the middle rain? Because to know when you're allowed to go, that the Bezdin gives a person permission to, to, to cross a field, to take a shortcut across a field. As long as you don't destroy, you damage your friend's, your friend's uh, crop. We learned that one of the ten conditions that Yeshua made when the Jewish people entered the land of Israel, you're allowed to walk, not trespassing. You're allowed to walk in your friend's field. You want to take a shortcut to go to Shul. You're allowed to cross. You don't have to ask him permission. That's one of the conditions Yeshua took out. He says, that's only... You have to wait till the second rain. Because the second rain, that's when by then the owner took all his crop into the house. There's nothing in the field. So I'm not damaging. If you're going to walk before the second rain, there's still crop out in the fields. So while you're walking in the field, you're going to damage, damage your friend's crop, so then you're not allowed to. So that's what we have to know when the middle revia is, the middle rain. A fourth answer, that we have to know when the middle rain is, that you have to know when to get rid of the fruit that grew in the sabbatical year, like this year, the sabbatical year in Israel. So you have to know so the Torah says that the fruits that grew in the sabbatical year, if there's nothing left in the field, you have to take it out of your house. Anything that you brought into your house, you have to bring it out into the open or destroy it. It's not good in the Mishnah, Muslim, then in the servant. The tavern of Akashal Shviyas, the when you allowed to benefit and burn and benefit from the straw of Shviyas. You can keep it into your house. You keep it in your house and use it for yourself. Until the second of the early rains, the middle of the early rains, and the eighth year, because then is the time to, to take it out of your house. From that point on, because then there's nothing left in the field. There's nothing left in the field of the straw, and therefore, if there's nothing left in the field, then you have to take. You have to get rid of it in your house. You can't keep it in your house. You can't store it. You have to bring it out into the open. After. So that's the time of the Vyashni, and that's why I have to know when is the middle rain. Mm-hmm. Okay, my time, what's the reason? It says that the fruits of the seventh year should be to you to eat and to your animal and to the wild animals that are in your land. So the rabbis learn from here as long as the chaya. The wild animal, undomesticated animal, is eating in the field. He has what to eat. You can take it into your house and feed your own animal, your domesticated animal. But the, the, the wild animal in the field is not, it can't find it. It's gone. There's nothing left of it out there in the field. So then you have to remove it also from your house. You can't store it in your house to feed your own animal. 
So the time of Kash and Tevin, when the second rain comes, and there's no more any, any straw to be found in the fields. Why? Because the rain turns it into the garbage. It's no longer straw, it's ruined and destroyed. So if it's ruined and destroyed in the field, then you can't keep it in your house. You have to take it out of your house. All the dry straw that you're going to use to feed your animal, you have to remove it from your house and bring it out into the field or destroy it. So that's why a fourth reason why we have to know when the, se- the time of the second rain is. Why is it called a Revia? The early rains is divided into three parts. It's called the first Revia, the middle Revia, and the last Revia. Why is it called Revia? Because Dover it's, it's like it's like uh, intimacy. You 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 impregnate the carcass. You're intimate with the carcass. It goes into the ground. You pound the rain pounds the ground. And it enters into the ground. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda, the rain is the husband, is the male. Just like the rain, the end of it, it's an Isaiah, just like the rain and the snow come from heaven, and it doesn't return back to heaven until it satiates the land and it allows it to give birth and it grows just like a male impregnates with the sperm, impregnates the, the, his wife and he gives birth so the rain impregnates the ground and, and therefore <coughs> it gives birth the earth receives just like the woman receives and the masculine energy is the giver and the woman absorbs and receives the woman absorbs and receives and, and, that's, and it's the power of the earth to create not the, re- not the man who, who did Hashem give the power to create is the woman but the woman can create until, until, until the husband until the, the husband does his part so too the rain, the earth cannot, cannot give its yield cannot create until the rain comes Without the rain, that comes from heaven, it comes from above. The rain gives from the top down. And then the earth does its magic. The woman can't do her magic until, until the husband does his part, even though the whole magic is in the woman. She's the creator. And this is all coming from uh, the sperm that impregnates her. Um, Rabbavu, uh, another thing Rabbavu says, the first of the early rain enters into the ground, the tefa, three inches, a little more than three inches. And that's enough, you don't have to fast, that's good. That's exactly the way it should be. The second shniya, the second neviya, in other words, until the earth becomes muddy, that you, would, you don't have to add any more water, you can take that mud, and you can turn it into... Into, into clay, into cement, into clay, until you can, you can, um, you can, you can cement the, the, the top of the barrel, you can glue and cement the top of the barrel with that, with that uh, clay, with that. If you have enough rain and it, and it turns the earth into mud until you can use it into clay, you can use it 
to connect the top of the barrel to the barrel, then it's then from Then the means it's blessed. Then Hashem is not holding back any rain. It's good. Everything is good. Then the, the curse. Then there is no curse. It's a blessed year. Another thing said. If it rains before the time of Shema, when you say and we read Hashem will, if you don't do the will of Hashem, Hashem will hold hold back the heavens, and there won't be any rain. Amen. It's a blessing. Hashem, before you even said Hashem brought the rain, the early morning, and the rain, and therefore you did not. Hashem did not curse us. Did not. When do we say that if the Shema, if it rains before you said the Shema, it's a sign of a bracha? Hashem wanted to take away the curse. Before the Shema of the evening, when it rained during the day. If it rains early morning before the Shema of the morning, because rain at night is not good. The best rain is the rain that comes during the day. So if Hashem gives the rain before you say the read the Shema at night, then it's a blessing. But if Hashem gives the rain at night before you say the Shema in the morning, it's not such a blessing. The clouds in the morning. Even if it, if it brings rain, it, it, it's not substantial. It's not a blessing. Mm-hmm. He says, What should I do for you, Ephraim? What should I do to Yehuda? Your kindness is like the clouds in the morning. Like the rain that comes in the morning, which is not substantial. It's not a blessing. So the blessing is if it rains during the day. Interesting. <laughs> Elsewhere we say when it rains at night and everyone is asleep, it's a blessing. So it doesn't disturb. It rains during the day, in the middle of the work day. And here he's saying that's the best rain. I guess it could rain on Shabbos when you're not, you're not working. Maybe you can say that the early rains are gentle rains. So when you said that the rains are a blessing Friday night, you're talking about the heavy rain. Late rain, early rains are very gentle. He's saying, If there's a drought, there's no rain at all. It means even the early rains didn't come. You have to start fasting. When these rains come, you don't have to start fasting. So the early rains are very gentle. Maybe it rains during the day. It's a relief. It hasn't rained in six months. Yeah, finally, a little rain, a little fresh, you know, cleans the atmosphere. It's, it's wonderful. So maybe, maybe it's a fellow. The blessing of the rain at night is the heavy rain that can disturb you from, 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 from going about your day. These little rains, it's, it's, please, it's bring it on. You know? <laughs> so maybe that's, so that's the rain during the day. Maybe. People say... When you open the gates in the morning, it should rain. And it rains. 
So you say, you turn to the Chamar, the Chamar who's, 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 who's transporting the grain on the donkeys to sell, and you tell him, double up your, your sacks, sleep under your sacks, in other words, protect it. And, 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 no, you tell him, double, uh, uh, close your sack and go to sleep. Because since it rained in the morning, it's going to be a blessed year. It's going to be uh, the world will be f- satiated. It's going to be a blessed year, successful year. And therefore, you're not going to make so so much money because uh, the uh, everything will sell cheaply. There'll be such an abundance. Yeah. So go go to sleep. Why bother to schlep all to take all the grain into the marketplace? You're not going to make any money. It's, it's a blessing. The people say in the country, the, the rain that comes in the morning is a blessing. Right. The mother says, like, Kasha, it's not a contradiction. If it's very, very cloudy, very thick clouds, then it's a blessing because it's going to bring a lot of rain. What Abaya said, that the morning is not a blessing, the Kotir Banani. If it's if it's if it's uh, light clouds, it's not a lot of rain, and therefore they pass they pass on as if nothing happened. It doesn't bring a lot of rain. So that's what he says. It doesn't change anything. So, oh, so perfect. That's what he's saying. We're talking about rain. That's a little rain. A little rain in the day, then it is a blessing. A little rain in the morning, it goes with the dew. It's gone. It's uh, no traces left. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda says the tables are Good, it's, it's good for the year when in the month of Teves the, the earth is like a widow without rain. Why? Some say at the place where they teach Torah will not be empty. There shouldn't be Buddhism. There shouldn't be, people shouldn't be boors because they won't be able to learn Torah. Because since the, the roads are clear, so the students can come to learn Torah. Otherwise, if they don't learn Torah, when they shut down all the schools, you can end up with a bunch of boors. Without the rain, without the moisture, that comes from the rain. So then, if there's a, a wind, it won't, the mud won't, atta- won't uh, attach itself to the fruits. It won't destroy the fruits. It won't ruin the crops. It's not so. How could you say that if it doesn't rain in Tevis, it's a good thing? It's great. If the month of Tevis... The roads are dirty. The roads are impassable. It's a blessing. So on the contrary, Teva should be rainy. It's not a contradiction. Oh, that Rabbi Yehuda said it's better if it doesn't rain in Teva. If it rained in Cheshvan and it rained when it should have rained. So then if it rains in Teva, it's terrible because the, the earth doesn't need any more rain then all the rain is doing is it's destroying the roads, make it impassable, and then the students will remain boors. They can't come and learn Torah. 
But how Rav Chizda said that it's good when it rains in Tevis, it never rained earlier. So then, of course, at least it's a rain in Tevis. And it's wonderful. Mazel tov. Wow, it's raining. Thank God Hashem answered our prayers. You can't travel. The roads are a disaster. Perfect. Another thing Let's say it rains partially. Some parts of the uh, it rains and some parts it doesn't. Uh, the land it doesn't rain. So then, but it's not it's not a curse since there are parts that have rain, so they can sell to the other parts. You have some parts in America that are drought. Fine, America is so rich. So other parts that no drought have enough grain and fruits to sell to those that are drought. So it's okay. It's not a curse. The Madasaini is not so. It says in the rebuke of Amos to the Jewish people, the prophet Amos. Hashem says, I'm going to hold back the rain for another three months. I'm going to rain, it will rain on one city, and in another city it won't rain. And the part, the part, one part will get rain, one part won't get rain, and the part that won't get rain will dry up. Both of them is a curse. When it rains on one city, that's a curse for everyone. Even for this, even for the city where it rained. Why? It rained is also a curse. It ruined the crop. Rain rain more is going to rain in abundance more than you need. Rain also has to come proportionally. If it rains too, if it doesn't rain, you have a drought. If it rains too much, it's going to ruin. So the prophet is saying it's going to be it's going to be too much rain. Now, if it doesn't rain in abundance, if it doesn't rain in abundance, it's a curse because then there's not enough. It's not enough for everyone. So how could you say it's not a curse? Make up your mind. If the, if it's a heavy rain, it's an abundance. It's gonna ruin. There won't be for anyone. If it's if it's a gentle rain, so it's only gonna be enough for that city, but not for everyone. How can they say the curse? It's not cursed. The land isn't cursed. Of course, it's cursed. Gemara says like Kasha. It's not a contradiction. It comes in abundance and it ruins the crop, and it's a curse even for the city that it rains. Rav Chizda says it's not a curse. It comes enough. Enough to be a blessing that there'll be enough for everyone, but not enough to ruin it. You can also prove, prove this from the verse. It says, one portion will rain. And from this expression, it, it seems like there'll be a lot of rain. There'll be a place that's rainy, it's very rainy. It'll be so rainy, Timat, it'll become a place that's satiated with rain. Too much rain. Shmaminat's a proof, and that's the curse. But, but if it doesn't come too much rain, there's enough rain, there'll be a nice crop, enough to feed even the city, the other half of the country that doesn't have rain. When do you bless? Bless over the, when do you say a blessing over the rain? Is that when it rains, you make a blessing. You bless Hashem. When do, you, when do you say the blessing? <laughs> he says, <laughs> It's an expression. 
Just like when the chasen goes out to the kala. So when the rain that drops from the heaven drops on the ground, and the and the drops on the ground, and the and the the and the drop. Right, so when the bottom bottom drops back, splashes back. Right, so there's enough rain that they they right it it, it, it responds that it goes it meets it meets the rain that comes from above. The rain from above splashes and then it splashes back. Yeah, so there's a puddle of rain already, and then when the rain drops in the puddle, it. Um, Right, right. It, it, it plops upwards. It, it, it jumps up. That's one explanation. But Rashi says a different explanation because then, you know, we, we, the mother just said that the rain that comes from heaven is the chasm. The b- below is the kala. Not, the earth is the kala. So here he's saying the rain, that's the puddle is the chasm. And it jumps up. So Rashi says, no, there's so much rain that it causes a stream. And one stream flows into the other stream. Like the puddle in the ground becomes streaming. There's so much rain, and one stream meets the other. Like the chasen meets, meets the kal. What blessing do you make? The blessing is, That you bless Hashem. We thank you, Hashem, for every drop that you gave us. But concludes his blessing. Even if our mouths were filled with songs, like the ocean, and our lips were singing Hashem's praise, like the, the width of the heavens. Like the waves. Don't abandon us. You did not abandon us. We thank you, Hashem, for for giving us for giving us so many opportunities, for so many thanks we have to give you. What's Only for most of the things that we have to thank for, not for everything we have to be thankful for. Rabbi says, we thank Hashem for all the things we have to give you thanksgiving for. Amar Papa says, Hilko, therefore, Rav Yechanan says, you say, Rav says, Kelai does. So what do we do? So we conclude on 7a, so therefore, name Rinul Tavayu, say both. We're thanking Hashem. Revai does was many thanks. Revai does means we're giving Hashem a mul- multiple of thanks. But thanks for for everything that we have to be grateful for. Everyone have a wonderful.